From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Kimberly Coyle. Many of us struggle with body image issues. It doesn't help that our society puts a lot of pressure on how we should look, how we should feel, and what we should eat. We tend to concentrate more on what others think than on what really matters to us. Then, if life gets busy, we go with the flow, forget ourselves, and disconnect from our bodies altogether. We can break out of that cycle when we begin to explore what activities make us come alive and place value on them. But before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an In Your Words question. We asked our readers and listeners what physical activities make you feel alive. Okay, so Mary said yoga in all caps with exclamation points. She said also the outdoors, hiking, kayaking, paddleboarding, etc. And Giselle says that she likes to play volleyball, tennis, and anything outdoorsy. And Charisma said dance. And then I have one more. Easy said playing tennis, dancing, and window shopping. Mm. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, I think I could be friends with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love, I think that there is such a wonderful combination of being outdoors and physical activity. I'm sure we'll talk about this later when we talk about running. I run inside in the winter. Yeah, but too. I will run outside in the warm weather, and it's just a completely different activity. Mm-hmm. And um, so I do like outdoor activities a lot. Me too. Mm, I really, I used to play a lot of tennis, and I really hope to get back to tennis this summer. I love it. Yeah, that's something that I'm getting ready to pick up or re-pick mm. up. I, really? Um, yeah, I was just out um, yesterday buying rackets for my kids. Because the idea is mm-hmm. for all of us to learn. My son's already taking tennis lessons. It's fun. And um, our pool membership has tennis included. In order to get my money's worth, I'm going to pick it back up. Because court time is free with my pool membership. So mm-hmm. I need to get out yeah. there. May as well take advantage of it, right? Yeah. I'm a fan of the free sports. This was part of why I took up running. Because it's free. <laughs> but then mm-hmm. it caused so many injuries. Well, first, then I had to have the right running shoe. Then I needed a watch to, like, track my running. Mm. And then I needed gear to wear. And then I also needed physical therapy to solve the problems caused by the running. And my husband was like, this is the most expensive sport (laughs) you have ever attempted. (laughs) Like, no, running's free. I just walk outside and I'm I'm done, you know. Yeah, not so much for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kimberly, you wrote a post about making peace with my body. And in that, you talk about your connection with your body and seeing others do things that you wish you could do with your body. So why don't you just go ahead and tell us about that post and why you wrote it? Yeah, I wrote about it. I was just, um, I had watched a couple movies uh, while I run. I watch watch Netflix while I run on the treadmill. Um, So I run on the treadmill most mornings unless it's really nice and then I go outside um, but I also catch up on my TV viewing and I'd watched a couple movies, um, like th- these cheesy, you know, step up dance films. And, um, I think I might've watched, I don't know, a ballet film or something like that, but I, I love, I love movies, um, 
where people are dancing. I am really, really drawn to dance and I ha- I've never done it. I've never taken dance classes. I've not even as a kid, my mom never signed me up, but I've always had a desire to do it. And so when I see it, it just like stirs something in me because mm. I'm, I'm just captivated by how, how dancers are able to use their bodies to express something and to express their emotion, to cause us to feel something. And, um, and I just, I, I'm absolutely captivated by it. So I love watching these films and I like going to the ballet and it, it, um, just as I was thinking about it, I, I kept thinking, gosh, why does it, it really brings me to tears every time. And then it, it, you know, it helped me to sort of reflect back on how I have felt about my body over the years and how I've, I felt that that's not something that I would be capable of. Like I couldn't be a dancer because I don't have the flexibility or the training or the dancer's body or, you know, the strength to do it. And, um, and I've always been solidly unathletic and to me, that is a form of athleticism. That's just really, um, incredible and intense and requires so much training and it, it just never felt possible for me. So I think that's part of why I was so drawn to it. But, um, but it did make me kind of think back uh, over the seasons of my life as I've grown into um, learning how to care for my body, how to love my body, how to be strong in my body and appreciate what it can do rather than always thinking of what it can't do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I wrote, I wrote about that. I wrote about, you know, what, how dance makes me feel and sort of the seasons of life that I've been through, you know, um, kind of exploring what I can do with my own body in terms of physical things. So, yeah. Well, Noelle couldn't be with us here today, but she did record a little message for us to tell us what your post meant to her. So we can take a listen to that now. So I read Kimberly Coyle's article called Making Peace with Your Body, and it really impacted me uh, because I'm a person who is in constant war with my body. I have been struggling to lose weight for many years, uh, struggling to muster up the motivation to exercise, all that stuff. And reading her her blog post is really encouraging to me. And the one thing that really impacted me was she talked about how in her 30s she took up running. Mm-hmm. And it really made me feel like, you know what? I'm in my 30s, and it's not too late to pick up running. So... I downloaded the coach, not coach, the couch to 5K app, and for all of March and April, I I did it, and I was able to build up my endurance. And now that it's warmer, I'm starting mm-hmm. to to do a little running outside. I do Yay. a lot of walking, but for me, I was really excited about being able to start something new, even though it's not something I've been doing in my 20s. But even in my 30s, I could get into something and do something that's loving and kind towards my body. Amen. That's awesome. Awesome. That's so great. Yeah, I hope so. I hope, I hope anything that I I have written quite a bit about running because it's, it's been a huge part of my life for the last 10 years. Um, because I was so, I mean, I literally spent my entire childhood and youth in a book and did nothing physical. I swam, I swam, but it was for fun. It wasn't, you know, I didn't swim on a swim team. So, um, running was, I was a late comer to running mm-hmm. and, um, and I feel really strongly that anyone can become a runner. I, I don't think that it's for certain body types, certain people, certain 
personality types because I'm the antithesis of everything you would imagine for a runner. Um, but I do it and I love it and it makes me feel strong and healthy. You know, what's funny is you always wrote about running on your blog when I started reading it. I guess you were already yeah. a runner. And so I've yeah. always thought of you as a runner. So when I see you in person <laughs> and I see, I see you as strong and like, I, I've seen you with you, you know, with your workout gear on, you know, because you're, we meet up and then you're on your way to go do a run or hit the gym. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, she's so strong. She's so athletic. And so my perception <laughs> of you is so different than your perception of yourself, but I can totally relate because I became a runner probably about seven or eight years ago. And I absolutely thought I could never, I'm not a runner. I could, I was the one in high school that was, had the stitch in my side and I was trying to follow people around the track and it just, it didn't come naturally to me at all. Um, and so when I started running, it was a big deal. And then I ran a half marathon and it was a really big deal. And I did have to say to my family, like, you don't understand, like, this is not something I ever thought I could be capable of doing. Um, I, I would definitely say that there are people that it comes more natural to. So that's not a lie that that is indeed the case. There's some people that I feel like there's certain activities that they're just built for and they start to do them. And you're sure. like, yeah, oh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, you know, would be somebody who's body smart, you know, like mm -hmm. someone who just has that natural tendency. However, um, like I was like really proud of myself for what I had accomplished and for the commitment. You know, I had to make a commitment. You can't just start running and run a half marathon and so I might not have had the best time but I made it and it was super duper important to me to help me change the way I think about myself and I'm sure yeah. there's still some other areas that I need to remind myself of this that hey remember when you thought you couldn't do this or remember when you thought that you weren't that type mm -hmm. well look you are mm -hmm. absolutely yeah that's been one of the most formative things for me um in in terms of learning what I'm capable of because I was the kid who literally would do anything to get out of gym class. I mean, I would fake having cramps. I'd go to the nurse's office. Um, I made friends with a kid in high school whose dad ran the pool office. So I, he would sign me out of gym class so I could go sit in the pool office and do my homework during PE. <laughs> I, I never did PE in high school ever. I managed to get out of it. Oh and, um, so, I mean, that was my life and I just, I, I wouldn't have run for anything. There, there was nothing that would have tempted me to run across the room. <laughs> maybe yeah. if a dog was following me. Yes. Maybe if a dog <laughs> was following me, I was afraid of dogs as a kid. So that actually would make me run. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So when I eventually ended up running in, um, in a couple races, it truly, my first race was one of the most formative experiences of my life. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, it truly was. It was just as formative for me as having a child <laughs> because it proved to me that I was capable of something that I never, ever believed I'd be able to do. Yeah. So I totally understand that. I that, um, And I think that that's available to anybody, not necessarily to run races, but it's, you know, to, to find your, your thing, mm -hmm. whether you're naturally built for it or not, find something that makes you come alive and, and chase after it. Yeah. You know, I, I um, have struggled with weight most of my life, and I, I really was given that um, message when I was very young that I was not athletic, particularly because I had a sister uh, who could move her body in any way and was tiny. And then even the sister that came after me was um, just, just much more uh, naturally 
getting out there and moving around. But I have found, um, I'm 58 now. I really don't think I'm going to be running because I, I do think that there are consequences that I am not willing to deal with. Um, that have to do with all of your therapy, all of your innards. I mean, like, yes, (laughs) but, um, but I will say a couple of things. One, I actually have, I did take dance classes in my life. Even in college, I took ballet classes, which was really fun. Um, I would like to take maybe like a bar class now because it sounds like an intriguing thing to me. Um, but also I, at some point, I think I think I was maybe close to 40 when I was like, you know what? I want to play tennis and I want to play tennis well. And I actually joined in some tournaments and won like big, uh, <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Trophies against some young women on the court, which really talk about making me feel alive. It was awesome. And then I got my yeah. husband involved and my children can really kind of like what you were talking about earlier about getting your, your kids on board. And it was really a fun season that I would like to return to, but also, um, in the past year, which I've talked about before here, you know, I started exercising, um, five days a week, four or five days a week for the, for this past year, I don't see it myself giving it up anytime soon. And that is definitely something I would have said I will never do for lots of reasons. Um, and one of them would absolutely be like <laughs> sort of a judgment against people <laughs> who are running off to the gym every day. Now, it probably was bitter fruit, but um, <laughs> it felt very justified. Like, you know, whatever. You have to go to the gym every day. Um, but I now know the empowerment of... Um, of, of moving my body in a way that I literally still can't believe. So, um, I think again, it's, it's, it's mindset, it's believing in yourself, it's pushing yourself. And then when you do something that you never thought you could do, it is incredibly empowering and rewarding. So Mm -hmm. I get it. Just not running that I get it through. Yeah. Yeah. I think it doesn't have to be running by any means, but it could be anything, you know, I took up yoga, um, about maybe a year ago and I never thought, I mean, I'm not, particularly flexible and certainly the running doesn't help with flexibility um great and i just yeah i thought Mm. it was just something that i was almost i it didn't make me cry watching people do yoga not like dance does yeah yeah, um but it did it drew me in and i thought i want to do that i want to be able to try that so i've been doing yoga for a year or so and um and i love it it's wonderful i'm not good at it by any means but i enjoy it and it's just fun to find something new that makes that feels like it's a challenge, but not a challenge in the way that feels overwhelming. It's kind mm-hmm. of the good thing that spurs you on to try something different. And you've recently take, taken up hip-hop, correct? Well, Are you sharing that with our listeners? Well, well, taking up hip-hop is pushing it. <laughs> there is a hip-hop cardio class that I attend on Saturday mornings, which is good also unfortunately attended by my daughter's friends. Oh. <laughs> you stand behind me and mock me and laugh at me doing my hip rolls and whatnot. Um, it's humiliating. I must say it is absolutely humiliating. But you and keep going back. There's like, what's that? You keep going back. I keep going back because I keep hoping they're not going to show up and see me. Um, and a few times I've gone and I've had a sigh of relief because I'm like, phew, they're not here to watch and laugh at me. But um, it's hilarious. It's mostly a lot of older women, you know, doing hip hop 
ish. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's such a great class. I actually, I end up smiling. I, I watch myself in the mirror. You know, they have those big rooms that are all mirrored. And, yeah, um, yeah. I just can't stop smiling the whole time. I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm really doing it. I'm moving, awesome. you know, the music. It's really fun. It's mm -hmm. a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing that really is going to be the game changer when it comes to our body image is definitely how we think about ourselves and yeah. what thoughts we allow to camp out in our minds and what we decide we're going to meditate on or chew on, right? So, um you know, we're going to talk about a, a bunch of steps that can help us recalibrate our body image. However, at the end of the day, I think it does come down to what we think and what we allow ourselves to believe about ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have put together a free download for you guys that are biblical affirmations about your body and about who God created you to be. And so they're all um, these wonderful things that you can say to yourself and encourage yourself with that are based on scripture. And so, you know, I found in many areas of my life that this has been super beneficial to kind of like reset me and remind me of who I am, who I'm created mm -hmm. to be, who God is in my life, and to kind of push away, you know, the doubt and, and the lies and to have something to replace it with. And so... Like I said, we'll share that at the end of the broadcast. I've definitely found that our belief about our bodies has little to do with our actual bodies and more to do with the perception of ourselves. I mean, I've definitely stepped on the scale and for sure thought that I was just going to be an awful mess because of the week I've had, the way I've been eating. I haven't gotten out to run. And I get on the scale and the number surprises me. And it's a lot less than I thought it was. And I literally had spent the last few hours being down on myself and feeling horrible only to find out that the actual perception I have about myself and my body is not true. And I have mm -hmm. numbers there mm -hmm. that tell me, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. um, this weekend didn't put you like overboard, you know, you're, you're going to be able to fit in those jeans. So to me, I have to constantly remind myself of that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to um, just, I do not have a scale anymore, and I have not had a scale um, for the past long time. <laughs> I have not um, weighed myself during this, this time of getting more fit and losing weight. And the reason is because if I weigh myself and the numbers are good, then I feel like, oh, then I can have a treat. And if I weigh myself and the numbers are bad, then I feel terrible about myself. So Yes, the scale, too, is a myth because even that, there are normal fluctuations of a couple of pounds that are just have nothing to do with anything, maybe right. are hormonal, but they have nothing to do with what you're eating or how you're exercising. So it doesn't, it does not, my scale does not serve me. Um, and also, Kimberly, to your point, literally sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm just feeling the way you described. I've had a weekend of, you know, maybe overindulging in some ways and I just, I, I, look so much heavier to myself that it's ridiculous. I actually think there's a name for it um, because it's just not truth. Even looking at myself, I see lies. So um, it's very, and I'm sure it's the lies are being fed by what I'm thinking and what I'm saying to myself. So I, I think this is really powerful to reframe what we're saying mm -hmm. inside ourselves and outside ourselves. You know, what are we saying out loud and what are we saying to ourselves? Mm -hmm. Really important. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I follow a girl on Instagram. Um, I'll have to look up her name. I forget it. But she, um, she's she been posting photos of her 
body transformation since she had a baby. And she had photos of herself before she had a child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how she's younger. So, you know, these girls love to take selfies in their bikinis and whatnot. But, but it actually was really inspiring to me. So she had photos of herself at a particular weight. And she, I think, said how, what her weight was um, in a bikini. And she was very thin. But she didn't, she didn't look particularly healthy. She just looked thin. Mm-hmm. Then she had photos of herself postpartum. So you know what our bodies look like postpartum. Mm-hmm. And then she has photos of herself now where she decided to get rid of her scale. I believe she stopped weighing herself. Mm-hmm. And she just decided to focus on feeling healthy and strong. Mm-hmm. And her weight is, um, I want to say, quite a bit more than it was in her thinnest photo. But she looks so healthy Mm, so strong i mean she just looks like exactly what you would imagine when you think of a strong woman um she's she's absolutely beautiful and and that was really encouraging to me because that that is so true the scale lies you know yeah it doesn't really tell us how healthy Mm. we are no especially on the inside it's not telling you you know how healthy your thought patterns are, how your eating mm-hmm. habits are, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she was a really good example for that. Yeah, that's, that's right. Awesome. You yeah. know, and I, I think it's really important to, I don't want to say get this right, but to not put up with this kind of um, bondage in our life. I mean, that's what it basically comes down to. It's keeping us from being all God created us to be. It's keeping us from leading the confident lives that we were meant to live. If we're spending all this time and energy focused on what we look like, being upset about what we look like, <clears throat> comparing ourselves to others, it doesn't it doesn't make for a great existence. I mean, I don't know how no, else to put it. Like it just and it's it's riddled with lies because when I think you know of the two of you who I'm speaking to who are much thinner than I am and have not struggled with your weight the way I have you still struggle on some, you know, on, on this level of not feeling great about having a healthy body. And that's ultimately what we have. And it's our job to take good care of it. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 it truly, my, I've always been so amazed by that to see, to, th- because my thinking is, Oh, if only, if only I were thinner, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have this negative image of myself. But in fact, it's just not true because all my thin friends say the same kinds of things. Um, you know, they, they, I have, I don't, I cannot think of one person, and I really mean this, who actually feels great in their body. Really, I mean, really, like I feel good, I feel healthy, I feel strong. I cannot think of anybody who I really believe feels that way. Not one person. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know of anybody? Are you feeling that way? I hope you are. I. I- I think, I, yeah, I feel that way. I mean, there's certainly things that I look at and I think, oh my gosh, I need to get this area under control, you know. Um, but especially as I age, I'll say that. Like as I age, I'm finding there are things that I'm I'm not happy about mm-hmm. <laughs> on my body. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. and they're not fixable anymore. You know, as things start to sort of sag, it's like, well, there's nothing really much you can do about that because it's just age mm-hmm. taking its toll on my body. But overall, I feel, I do feel good about my body. I think I have a pretty, I have a pretty good, a pretty healthy body image, but that's come after years of, of work on it, on my body and on, and on my thought patterns. Right. 
Yeah. I think that I have seasons that are better than others. Um, recently, I've changed the way I've been eating because I do a yearly Daniel fast, and every year I take something new away from it. And after this year's fast, I felt so strong and so healthy. It mm. wasn't, it's not that I felt crummy before because I've gone back to eating meat and dairy, but, but my habits have changed and I definitely feel better about my body than I've ever felt before. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. There is a change in the scale, but I also feel like I'm not striving. And I do enjoy working out, and I do enjoy getting on the treadmill and watching my little TV shows. So I'm motivated to work out. So when I feel like when I'm doing the work, it's a little bit easier for me to feel good about myself. So I go and fit some spurts, and and I would, but I would like my daughters to learn that. I don't want my daughters to have to wait until they're 40 in order to turn the page and say, "Okay, this is the body I've been given. I need to either like love it or, you know, leave it." I mean, what what are you gonna do? I, I, I appreciate, and I'm thankful for the journey that you've been on. I think it's so pervasive mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. us to be dissatisfied with where we are in our bodies, mm-hmm. whether it's age or weight, or I wish I had bigger hips. I wish I had smaller hips. I wish I had bigger breasts. I wish I had, I just think, even though I'm happy to hear you guys are feeling good, I still think there's a lot of qualifications that go on with that. Mm-hmm. Even but, even then, you know what I mean. Yeah, you got it? No, absolutely. Yeah. It's just it's one of these things that I have such a, a, a again for me. This this journey started with me when I was um, in puberty. You know, it was like I was getting chubby, which frankly I think a lot of girls do around that age. I think it's probably if if it was if we let things be natural girls would gain some weight right before they go through that growth uh, growth spurt and right around the time that they're starting to menstruate. And then it would sort of even out. But people got hysterical around me, meaning my parents, when they saw me putting on this weight. And so it just, I, I feel like it's something that's kept with me this, my entire life, this, you know, oh my gosh, she's getting heavy. <laughs> get her away from the table. And then I lose all this weight. And then I'm in trouble because now I'm thin and attractive and I feel sort of sexy. And I'm, I'm talking about when I was, you know, 14 and I'm I'm sort of, you know, fooling around with too many boys. You know, it's just, there's so much involved. And I, I've watched my girls go through this too. I have four girls and, um, thank God I've talked about this in the past. They, they don't have the same issues that I have, um, and ha- and are more like you guys, kind of feeling pretty good and and take good care of their bodies, and I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's like it's it, it's the great American ripoff, honestly, for women. Mm. There's just so much focus on body and not just health at all. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think you, at least for me, I, I had to reach the point where it was, it was much more about my health and how yeah. I feel right. inside, you know, um, and what my body can do mm-hmm. as opposed to how do I look in this bathing suit, right. which right. I still think about, believe me. I mean, it's not like I don't think about it. I, I literally, you know, before we just went on vacation, um, to the beach and I, oh, believe me, I was like running way more than I have in a long time <laughs> because I thought, well, I got to put this bathing suit on and right. you know, people are going right. to be near me and I'll, I might be in photographs with my kids. You know, I, <laughs> I want to remember, remember this is right. I t- yeah. 
yeah. time where I'm trying to hide, hide behind everybody. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's certainly something I think about, uh, you know, in, in all sorts of aspects. But yeah. um, I think we all do. Again, I think. Yeah. And, and I think even people who look fit and feel good, still there's too much um, bumming out about, <laughs> about what yeah. we have yeah. or don't have. Yeah, um, and sure. I just—I think it's—I think it's—I've um, yeah, I, I thought that many times in my year in my life. I've thought, you know. So I guess it's again the the mindset is thank you Lord I have a healthy body how can I do the best I can with it what do I do to what what is the best way for me to eat so that I'm nourishing this gift that I've mm-hmm. been given you know with all of its especially at fifty eight girls I hate to tell you. <laughs> The lumps and bumps and sags that are, um, they, they just keep coming. But it's it's interesting because I probably do feel better about my body than I ever have just because I appreciate its health mm-hmm. in ways that maybe I never have. Mm-hmm. But I hate to think, honestly, that it's taken me this long. And I agree with you, Kimberly, when you said you'd like your girls to know this sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah, and I do look at I, I do think about how my thinking was framed and I can think of very specific examples growing up that's kind of put me on this path to thinking and believing what I believe about myself. And I don't think I I, I definitely wasn't shamed by anybody that was a grown up in my family, but I think you definitely go through phases in your young school years, whether it's high school or college, where maybe you are surrounded by people boys that you're interested in, boys that you're friends with, who do put on a pedestal, these people that are absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah. I'm never going to live up to the standard. So it really, you're really swimming against the current mm-hmm. when it mm-hmm. comes to believing that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, that God created you specifically for this time and for this place. And with these kind of features and with this kind of body. Um, And so there's things that you really have to get deep down in your heart in order to counter that. And it's about choosing to connect with my body. It's about choosing to find out what makes me feel strong and what makes me feel healthy. And at times that's eating and at times that's running and at times that's, you know, like hiking or doing an obstacle course with my kids for fun. And I mean, like Mm. I need to choose to live in this body and live in it well. Yeah, I love that. I love what you said about connecting to your body. And Kimberly, um, you also mentioned that about dance. And perhaps that's the reason that you find it so moving is that people, (laughs) all these puns, um, that people who dance just seem to be so connected with their body. I mean, Mm -hmm. and they are, they have to be. They are, yeah. You know, it's kind of an extraordinary thing when you think about somebody moving their body to express in the way that a dancer does, especially, I would say, especially a ballet dancer, because there's so much control and awareness of like literally your knuckles and your fingers. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so again, it's it's a really interesting... um, mind thing boy no wonder there are a lot of books written about this topic because there's a lot to it Mm -hmm. and i think at the core of it really is the um how do you feel about yourself and how do you feel in general so 
Well, the mind is the biggest component, absolutely. Um, but I think there's a couple other things that we can do in order to reorient ourselves. So maybe we could just talk about some of the things um, that we've tried that that mm -hmm. have worked um, and that help us when we are faced with the choice to believe the lies about ourselves or not. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I love the idea of finding a workout that makes you feel good, not one that promises results, meaning you, you're not like, I'm going to do this particular exercise or uh, kind of physical activity so that this will happen, you know, so that my um, my legs will be thin or whatever. Um, and I have to say the times that I've felt healthiest and strongest, which is really what we're talking about here today, is when I've done things that are sort of uh, in, in keeping with what we're doing as a family, like we did a lot of bike riding um, when my kids were, you know, in their, um, maybe let's say their eight to their, their 10 year old, their teens. And we would go off on vacation and, and ride bikes for hours a day on these wonderful trails in um, Maine. Um, and so, you know, we were all feeling that. And the hiking was also part of that, as was, um, as I mentioned, a lot of tennis and just being outside. And it, it wasn't this this sort of intense drudgery exercise it was just joyful actually and we enjoyed it as a family mm -hmm. yeah you know um understanding yourself and your season we briefly mentioned this before um kimberly when you were in the in your post you talked about you were going through the season of like nursing and having really really little ones at the time you were admiring this strong woman who was dancing mm -hmm. up on stage and I think it's important to consider if you've recently had an injury or you're unable to get to work out because you're in a particularly busy season in your life, it's not going to last forever to kind of like ease up on yourself and not feel like this particular season is going to define you for the rest of the, your life. Mm -hmm. or that This is the edict on who you are as a person because of the way your body is. You know, I actually felt the best about my body when I was nursing. I let myself off the hook because I could bring my baby to the beach in my bathing suit and no one's going to be like, look at her. I had a newborn mm -hmm. baby. Like, of course, look at mm -hmm. me. Like, but I also was sustaining another life. And to me, that was empowering. And that made me feel strong. I wasn't necessarily at the gym at five in the yeah. morning. No, I was sleeping in as late as I could sleep because I had a baby that wasn't sleeping through the night. But I knew mm -hmm. that I was sustaining this baby's life and that I was, they were dependent on me. And, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Like there was, it, it didn't have anything to do with me working out. And so even that yeah, season, yeah. so like understanding Love that, that, that and as I reflect back and I look at the different seasons, I can tell myself when I feel like, oh my gosh, this is never going to end. I'm never going to get the chance to go work out. I'm never going to be strong again. I'm, you know, I can remind myself this is not true that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, that it's okay to be in this particular season. I know that summer's coming and I know that I'm going to be back in the pool swimming and I love doing laps. And so like, maybe I don't feel like running, but I know that I'm going to have an outlet for me to get out there and feel strong. And so kind yeah. of that forethought and understanding your seasons, I think is important. Yeah, I agree. For sure. Yeah. Especially, you know, being that we can carry babies and we can nurse them and keep them alive with our bodies. I mean, that is the mm. most, by far one of the most incredible things that we can do with our bodies mm -hmm. and, um, eclipses anything I can do in the gym for sure. Mm -hmm. You know? <clears throat> yeah. I would say too, one thing that, um, one thing that I have not mastered or even come close to, um, even come close to mastering is 
uh, my diet and what I eat. I, um, I didn't grow up in a home where diets were a thing. Like we just, it was, we had, my parents had a very healthy view of food and, um, Mm -hmm. I always feel like I've had a pretty healthy view of food, but, um, so I don't use it to, I don't use it to comfort myself. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's the thing, you know, I eat when I'm hungry and that's about it, but I don't make good choices in what I eat. I kind of eat just like what I feel like eating. And that's something that, especially as I've gotten older, like, I could be on the treadmill for a really long time, but if I'm eating cake multiple <laughs> times a day, which happened this week. When you want to procrastinate, um, when you have writing to do. Yeah. Why don't you just, why don't you just take a break? <laughs> eat a slice of cake uh, for the third time in a day. Was um, it good cake? I mean, I hope it, it was worth it. It was totally worth it. No, it, it actually wasn't because it gave me a stomach ache. That's how much I ate. Uh-huh. And then, of course, I... um you know, there's only so much running a person can do <laughs> to ma- to maintain this situation here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really, I would like to have an even healthier view of it as, um, as fuel. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, like what can I eat that's going to fuel my body to make me feel strong yes. as opposed to what can I eat that's going to taste nice and mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to run off later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's a so. good, good example. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For me, when I do a fast, it's about, it's making me realize how I use food and why I use it and what, when, when, when do I go to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's mm-hmm. a great eye opener and um, I don't diet. I don't think I've ever really dieted, but I've changed my diet, which is a completely different thing because I've yes. learned Lately, yeah. what, what fuels my body, what makes me feel good. And, and yeah. I think it's a better indicator of how you're taking care of your body than, it, yeah, than, than the numbers on the scale. Um, or the way you think you look in something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a much healthier view for sure. And that's one thing I just have not mastered. Mm-hmm. I haven't really wanted to. It just feels like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like to have to think about and plan about your, you know, your food. And it, we're very much a wing it kind of family yeah. when it comes to meals. That too, Kimberly has made me look at my, what my go-tos and why. Because I can't grab them the way I, I'm used to. Like, oh, I feel feeling a little low right now. You know, maybe I just need a couple of pieces of chocolate or um, whatever. And in, in fact, I might need to close my eyes for 10 minutes and or have a cup of tea. Something mm-hmm. nourishing. And um, so, yeah, making yeah. those changes has definitely highlighted why I eat. What are the, what are, what are the things that stir in me? It seems like hunger and might not be hunger, but mm. actually is is a need of some other kind. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good point, especially about sleeping, how, you know, closing your eyes for a few minutes. It, God forbid, I right? Think, I know. I think of how much better we would feel if we were all getting the amount of sleep we're supposed to get. Well, and also, I mean, good. I've read so much research about that in terms of um, keeping your weight down. Like it actually is a weight uh, aid because oh wow oh my gosh I'm telling Google that and you mm-hmm. will see there's all kinds of research that's been done recently about the proper amount of of sleep and its effect on our body's brain and body um, mm-hmm. so it's you know they're they're talking a lot about it for older people now too because they used to think that people need less sleep as they get older not true seven to eight hours a night is ideal so I mean think about that 
a little yeah, extra Yeah, well, sleep. it affects it affects your willpower, like when it mm-hmm. comes to food. It affects your ability to have stamina when you exercise. I mean, it just has such a run-on effect to everything else. It really does. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. Does. Which is Very why important. Sabbath Sabbath is so important, and not just taking a Sabbath, but having a rhythm of rest in your life because mm-hmm. yeah. it's it will recharge you. You know, people mm-hmm. that think they can go, 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 and they don't need, right. I don't need sleep. I don't need to take a break. I just need to push harder. You know, mm. <clears throat> that's going to prevent you. That's that's how you disconnect from your body and who you are physically. And when your body starts to tell you that you need something, yeah. you need to be aware of it. And you need to, yeah, um, be, yeah be, be open to the signs. Well, I think that's a really good point, Kimberly. It really, you know, part of our responsibility is knowing our bodies and what are the things that um, do make us feel healthiest. And, you know, like simple things like water, we really do need to, to be hydrated. That's an important part of taking care of our bodies too. So being able to know our bodies, recognize the cues and know what it, know what that means. Okay. I need a little rest. I need, uh, I actually do need some fuel, some food. I need some water, um, whatever those, I need to get up and move for a few minutes, whatever that may be. Um, what, what about the, of course we, we did recently do the crush comparison in your life podcast and, um, that's episode 43. And that too, I think is, is a, um, a, a pothole, if you will, in terms of taking care of ourselves and, um, being the best version of ourselves. If we're constantly looking at somebody else and who they are and what they look like, that too is, um, is, it's, it's a danger zone instead of owning our own health and, um, you know, get our eyes off somebody else, get our eyes on ourselves and, and take good care of what we've been given. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that there's a lot of the images that we're trying to, um, model ourselves after are literally models who have been uh, photoshopped and, and, you know, colorized and all that stuff. And so, and so, by the way, are the pictures on Facebook. I mean, again, <laughs> we compare ourselves bodily or whatever to maybe some of the pictures that, um, you know, that are carefully chosen and being allowed by whoever is posting those pictures. So um, I think remembering that we are constantly comparing ourselves to unrealistic ideals is really important. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of a slip. That's a slippery slope for me. I, um, I do like to follow people on Instagram who are particularly into fitness or like, I follow a couple people who do yoga and a couple, um, like yoga instructors and like that girl I was talking about, I think, mm-hmm. I think her handle is the sweat life, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Um, and I like to follow them because I find it really encouraging to see people doing what I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. like people who are strong, who are, um, you know, continuing to push their bodies and work hard. And so that can be encouraging for me. But when I do start to compare myself to them, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that's when it starts to feel like maybe this isn't such a good idea. Right. Um, so, right. you know, I, I kind of have to manage how I'm doing that. I think if I was having a really bad day and feeling, you know, like if, it, if I was in the middle of a time where, um, like recently when I had a back injury, I, they told me to stop running for a while and, mm. um, and that was really, that was really hard for me. And then to get online and see people exercising and like, Hey, here, you know, here's what I did today. And that, I, that was not, that didn't put me in a good place mentally. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, it, you just have to be cautious with those. Yeah. Things. Again, know yourself. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's important to, to take a look at who we hang out with and what are they saying about themselves and are they encouraging um you know, I do. I have. I have certain friends that I've run with because I know that they have such a positive outlook on taking care of themselves, and I know that they're not running to lose weight, right? So you start to have these conversations with friends, and you know, if they are constantly critical of themselves and of others, that's not going to feed your soul. That's not going to want to make you. That's not going to make you feel good about yourself. So who are you talking with? I mean, the Bible mm-hmm. says that that. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, the things that you're hearing will affect your soul and will affect your heart, and the things that you're thinking will too. And so um, you, it's hard to fight this uphill battle if you're surrounding yourself with people who are overly critical about body image and who are chasing after this idyllic version of themselves. Elise, why don't you share with us your coaching challenge for this week? Well, um, okay. Uh, download the affirmation sheet and give yourself at least one week where you look at that sheet and repeat some of those affirmations about yourself and see if it makes you feel better. That's, that's the challenge. And we would love to hear, um, if you're willing to take that challenge, how does it make you feel? And and you can come join us on Facebook to talk about that. I look forward to a follow-up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us as we talk today about body image. And we'd love to hear your feedback, what you think of this episode, and even some of the things that have helped you get over your struggle with body image because it would help others. So you can let us know those things on our Facebook page and in our Facebook community group. And there'll be a link to both of those in the show notes. If you subscribe to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, resources, and bonus episodes delivered right to your inbox. You can follow us on social media as Circles of Faith. We're on both Twitter and Instagram. 